Welcome and good morning on this first Sunday of January. It's good to be with you and I pray that as we study together and look at God's word, we'll all grow in his presence. I wonder if I was to ask you, how many of you have ever been scared what sort of things you might say? If I was to say scared where you were literally paralysed by fear, that might rule out some of those scared things. And how many of you have been so scared that you've been unable to take another step forward? Well, today we're going to look at uh, fear and we're going to do this for the next four weeks. But first of all, I just want to tell you about an occasion when I was really scared. I've been scared a few times, but this was a major, major scare. And it happened about 10 years ago, we went to South Africa and a friend of mine there, uh, I think he's a friend anyway, uh, invited me to go out jet skiing. He said his friends had two beautiful jet skis, would I like to go out with them? So we went down to the friend's house and at the bottom of the garden there were these two lovely jet skis and uh, got all kitted out with my wetsuit and my uh, life jacket and we went out and down, this, down the canal into the river and we had a time of driving sailing around on these jet skis and it was great fun didn't feel terribly confident but we went out from the river and then my friend said what about let's go out to sea and i looked out to sea and all i could see was these massive waves and he said don't worry once you get through them it's calm on the other side of the waves he said, all you do is power through them. That sounded straightforward, didn't it? Power through them. So I went out and got into the first wave. What I hadn't realised, when you're standing on the shore, you see the front of the wave and it looks fairly high. But what you don't see is the back of the wave, which is really, really steep. And so I got on top of this first wave and then I looked down and there was this drop that seemed something like 20 feet of... Uh, behind the wave and I'm thinking I've got to get to the bottom how do I get there and the only way is just for the jet ski to drop and I thought in my mind I was thinking if I fall off this jet ski I'll never get back on look at the size of these waves there's no way I'll get back on the jet ski so I hung on and I sat down tight and I hung on for grim death which was probably the worst thing I could have done and the Bought jet ski just crashed to the bottom of the trough of the wave and my back just went bang and I was in agony and the first thing came through my mind was look at this next wave what's going to happen here and I just thought this next wave is going to come down on top of me and that'll be the end of Stuart Hand that'll have written in the paper was on a holiday on a jet ski and drowned out at sea but somehow or other I got through that wave and I was still in agony and then I began to think about it in process and thought dear me I've hurt my back if I've broken my back will I be able to feel my feet so I wiggled my toes and wiggled my legs as best I could and I could move them so I was thinking well that's a relief I haven't broken my back but I was still in agony I couldn't move my friend jet skied over towards me and the waves were still rough but not as big as the first waves 
and he said are you all right and i went oh he said i saw you come down with the clatter and i thought yeah i'm sure you did and then we we went around for a little while but all the time i was thinking how on earth am i going to get back in again and eventually we went back in and actually going back in is easier because you just set your jet ski at the speed that the waves are going in and you follow a wave in so we got back in again and we went back along the up the river and into the canal where the, the house the house was with the jet skis we got there at the bottom of this person's garden and then i couldn't get off the jet ski i got off the jet ski into the water and i couldn't get out the water to get back on the side again and eventually my friend helped me and we got there and we stood under the shower, stood under the shower and he had to peel off my wetsuit, my life jacket, because I couldn't move at all. My back had just completely frozen. So that fear was just immense. And the next day we uh, were due, the day after that we were due to go back home. And so I went to see the chiropractor and uh, I was lying on the table in agony and she said, well, Mr. Han, your left leg is two inches longer than your right leg. Your pelvis is twisted. I'll just straighten it up for you. And she did straighten it up, but I can tell you it was pure agony. So today we start a four week series called Fear Not. The command Fear Not appears, would you believe, 365 times between Genesis and Revelation. And it was given to individuals and groups of people. It was an exhortation not to fear. So if you like, we've got 365 fear knots, one for every day of the year to keep us going. So what do we need to learn in our lives about fear not? So we begin today with some advice that Paul gives to Timothy. In his letter to the pastor, uh, to the young pastor, he says, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and self-discipline. I'll say that again. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and self-discipline. Now, I thought at the beginning, I'll always remember that text that said, the beginning of wisdom uh, starts with the fear of the Lord. So what does that mean? Now, it's important that we recognise as Christians is that there are both healthy and unhealthy fears. Understanding the difference between healthy fear and unhealthy fear can make a difference to your life. And also help us to understand the meaning of fear not. Now, healthy fear. If you think about it, in my situation with the jet skis, a healthy fear would have allowed me to think about what I was about to do. It would have overridden all those things that came into my head about, whoa, we're on holiday. Who doesn't come on holiday to South Africa and not go out on a jet ski? Wow, jet skis, that's great to go out on a jet ski and speed around. It looks good and it'll feel good. It would have been better for me to have evaluated what was happening. First of all, to say, 
can I drive a jet ski? Have I got any experience? This was only the second time I'd ever ridden a jet ski. How would I manage if I fell off? And thirdly, was it sensible to go from the calm river to the 20, 20 foot waves out in the sea? And fourthly, if I had been thinking about it, if I'd had a healthy fear, how would I have felt about having a back injury that would last me the rest of my life? And perhaps fifthly, most importantly, how do, do I want to suffer the wrath of Susan? As followers of Jesus, one area of our lives we have to be particularly called to have is a healthy fear of God. And in Proverbs 1 it says, verse 7 it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I want to tell you this morning, it's good and right to have him in a place of awe and reverence. He is the rightful owner of the ultimate divine place. The highest honour we can give him is to revere him as above all. So we're to have a healthy fear. David says in Psalm 5 verse 7, In reverence I will bow down before God. And again in Proverbs and later on in chapter 7 of Proverbs it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I just want to start by saying to you, having the fear of the Lord is a good thing, it's a healthy thing, and divine wisdom brings godly understanding of what an amazing gift we have in having uh, access to God and a, an opportunity to be in his presence. Now, unhealthy fear. Unhealthy fear can paralyse us, can stagnate you. This is not God's heart for you. That scripture we read at the beginning said, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Now many of us can be locked in unhealthy fears. Sometimes they're called phobia. We might have a phobia of um, being frightened of certain things like snakes or spiders or agoraphobia where we won't, can't go outside. Or we might have so many different phobias um, that we've developed through our lives. Or even people have told us you, you're not a good person to mix with folks. So we think, well, people say I'm not good at mixing so I won't go out and be social. So many different fears we can have. And we're living through a difficult time at the moment, aren't we? We're living in a time when fear is all around us. People have, some people have a fear of going out because they might catch COVID-19. Some people even have a fear of the vaccine because they say maybe it hasn't been tested enough and we don't know what the long-term effects of it are going to be. So many fears are around us at the moment that we just have to identify what these fears are. Now God wants us to grow in relationship with him. He wants us to grow in relationship with the church and with other believers and he wants our faith to grow. Now an old word that some of you older folks will have come up with and certainly John could probably give us a sermon on this is sanctification. 
In Thessalonians it says, it is God's will that you be sanctified. And to, to put it in a nutshell, this just means that our lives are evolving in God's presence and becoming better and more like what he wants us to be. Becoming sanctified, purified, cleansed, moved in the direction he wants us to go. Now in James's letter to the church in Jerusalem, he said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be changed and complete, not lacking anything. God wants us to persevere. Now, persevere can be a costly journey. Persevering can lead us to obstacles that can make us have fear. Perhaps ridicule, perhaps bullying, or even being ostracised by a community or your family for your faith. Don't forget as well that when we move forward with Christ, the devil tries to knock us down. And one tool he uses is that of fear. He implants fear in our hearts. Can you speak, Stuart? No, I don't think I can speak. No. Can you go here and do this, Stuart? I don't think I can do that. I'm fearful of what people might think. I'm fearful of what people might say. I'm fearful of what people might do. God does not plant fear in our hearts. He plants uh, a, a boldness and a willingness to serve him. Matthew 5 verse 11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Now fear can rob you of joy. But look what God gives. Because he says, I don't put fear into your lives. He gives us three things in substitute for fear. He says, first of all, I give you a spirit of power. Then he says, I give you a spirit of love. And then he says, I give you a spirit of self-discipline. Now, the same word that we find in Timothy used in the spirit of power is found in Acts 1 verse 8. It says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So when we fill with the Holy Spirit, we're empowered. This power leaves no room for fear or doubt. In Romans 8 verse 11 it says, And if the Spirit of him who praised Jesus, sorry, and if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So when the spirit lives in us, we have power. If you are experiencing fear that is limiting your life, you need to remember that you are giving power, given power through
through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Love. In 1 John we find these words. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out, or other translations say, casts out fear. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. When we walk in the spirit of love, as Christ did, then there is no room for fear. Next time you experience fear or its associations with anxiety or worry or doubt, double check yourself to make sure you're walking in the spirit of love. And thirdly, self-discipline. Finally, self-discipline. How many of you have failed in self-discipline this week? How many of you failed in self-discipline today? How many of you failed in self-discipline in the last few hours? If you have, you're in good company. Self-discipline is one of the hardest things in our lives to get un under control. It takes a lot of discipline to re re release fear and deal with it appropriately. We need self-discipline to ensure we do not go down the wrong path. If I had been disciplined, I would not have gone out on that jet ski. Certainly not out into the sea where I was putting my life at risk and the whole thing could have been catastrophic. And not that self-discipline would have made a long-lasting distance in my life. I wouldn't still have back pain. I wouldn't be going to see a back specialist. I wouldn't have that memory of the fear when that wave was about to come crashing down me on me. So self-discipline, taking time to have self-discipline in an early situation would make all the difference to our lives. The Holy Spirit will guide us on the right road if we allow ourselves to be self-disciplined. So, at the end of this first session, what do we know? First of all, fear is not from God. He does not want us to be fearful. Secondly, healthy fear is good and keeps us safe. It prompts us, it guides us. Unhealthy fear can prevent us from growth, both as individuals and in our spiritual journey. And God wants us to have tools of power, love and self-discipline. When we begin to feel fear, take time to identify whether it's healthy fear or unhealthy fear you're dealing with. Invite the Holy Spirit to keep you walking in a power, in the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. I just pray that over the next week we'll all just take time at looking at our fears, those things we've maybe even held for years and think, what's that all about? What is that fear preventing me from doing? How has that stopped me growing? How can I grow if I conquer that fear? You may remember watching 
some of you who watch I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Me and right at the beginning one of the guys was meant to abseil down a cliff face and he had a horrendous fear of heights so much so that it made him physically sick but during that program he managed to conquer those fears and many other ones as well with snakes and all sorts of stuff and he was a different person at the end of that endeavour. We can be different people when we allow God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, give us power, give us love and give us self-discipline. I pray that that might be so for each one of us during the coming week. Pray God will bless you and keep you safe and free from fear. Amen.